Welcome to the show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zay Day. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer, queer feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> yep. And while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your streaming platforms. Yes, please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it! The The past past is gone, gone. the present present is an adventure. adventure. Looks like it's time to to go go black to the future. future. Cue the theme music. Mm. Y'all. Dropping every Thursday on the hour of the 12. Yeah. Breaking all the curses, creating family well. Yeah. Saving my community, my passion is their help. Yes, I am a teacher, but I do not miss help. Looking at the world through a feminist lens. Dub it or trash, no recycling bins. Women are superior, we're gonna get our wins. Category clothes, the girls get their tins. Transphobic thoughts are shaky, they wobble. Homophobic creeps left behind, they dawdle. LGBT on pose, yeah, they model. Black to the future, we say poppin' models. Like a dice, like a dog. with another lovely episode of Black to the Future. Oh yeah, we're black in the future. <laughs> Hopefully y'all live it in the present and not living too much into the future because we don't know what that's going to give just yet. Oh, mm. right. But we know that the past is gone. Let's all just take a, a quick praise break and just give praise because 45 is gone. Yes, Jesus! Oh, bye 45. Bye 45. Uh-uh, Don't uh-uh. let the dough hit you on your way out. Ciao. You gotta get home, but you gotta get the hell up out of here. He, he needs to go back to hell. That's where the, he needs, ciao. Anyway, I'll just, uh, so this is recorded the day of the inauguration, the, um, 59th presidential inauguration and we just have elected our 46th president of the United States Joseph R. Biden and he a junior and he a junior (laughs) he a junior we love a junior don't we ma'am we love a junior and we have, of course, the lovely, stunning Miss Kamala Harris as the uh, first woman of color. Particularly, I'm gonna point out the black because that's important to me. And on this pot, on this podcast, on this platform, black vice president, like, oh, yeah, she is. She is gorgeous. Yeah. I am so happy that we have more representation as we have always wanted. What we've been pushing for. Um, 
I, I did read this interesting article mm-hmm. about uh, what they were all wearing. And this was a BuzzFeed article. Mm-hmm. And it was about them wearing purple. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So purple, um, just because we've been in such distress when it comes to everything that's been happening in the past four years, mm-hmm. uh, they wanted to wear purple to sort of, it was like a way to signify the joining of the grand old party and the Democrats, you know, um, really? instead of being red and blue, but being purple and having everyone all together. Um, that's my understanding from what the, the BuzzFeed article was saying. But of course, you know, who knows where that information came from and if it bears any weight. But if if the semblance is real, then um, I guess this is, I guess it's a a good message to send that even though the Grand Ole Party is uh, upset and... (laughs) (laughs) Is you pressed? Is you mad? Is you upset? Is you sad? Come here, bitch. Let me give you a hug. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just saying. Y'all, I love saying so much. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I think it's just very. If if that bears any weight, if that is true, because I didn't do uh, the research that I dig into when it comes to those certain things mm-hmm. to figure out. So this is just off the top of my head. Um, if that does bear any weight and it's true, then I think it's a great message to send to the Republican Party that um, we we going to go high, like Michelle say. Instead of going low, we going to go high. Well, shoes. I know one thing, that powerful women wear purple. That's all yes, I'm going to say. Y'all can't see it right now, but they're wearing a purple shirt right now. <laughs> Powerful women wear purple. But let me just tell you, because I have been hollering at my my laptop screen, my phone screen while I've been working all day about how sickening my first lady looks. Michelle Obama. Yes. Southside Chicago. I'm going to let you rep that because I'm from the West Side. But she looks so fucking big. Like, oh, this... I put a TikTok up just randomly, just spur the moment, just spur the moment, child. And it is doing numbers. Like, it has, like, 6,000 views. Since what's your, your TikTok, um, like, oh, tag? My TikTok handle is at Pink Princess Zay. So, P-I-N-K-P-R-Y-N-E-C-N-E-S-C-S. Wait a minute. <laughs> The princess spell with a Y, just like my Instagram handle. Y'all not gonna do me. P P I N K P R Y N C E S S X A Y. Pink Princess Zay. So it's doing numbers, and I just didn't think it was gonna be like that. Like it was just my. I was sitting in meetings while I was working, and my phone just. I'm just like, what is going on? And I look over. It's like you have 97 comments and like like a thousand views i'm just like girl no that i love it that's not yes. that's not that must not be me i don't understand and then it was like now you have 3000 now you have 4000 i'm just like what is happening 
it was just my pure reaction to like her, how she looked like her aesthetic. Like when I go into a room, I want to have this energy. I want to have this power, this dynamicism. I want it to be very much like how her and Barack are where it's like, oh, it's, 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 we love Barack, but it's Michelle. Yes. Or it's like, we love Jay-Z, but it's Beyonce. Like I won't. I can't get over it. I'm gonna be talking about it for a while because it just meant that much. Like she was wearing this Chardonnay cranberry wine uh, plump. Oh, it was so beautiful. <laughs> if y'all haven't seen it, please go to Zay's TikTok. Okay. <laughs> please. It was it was gorgeous. And Kamala looked great too. I didn't know it was purple at first. It looked blue when I first seen it, but then I guess it was purple after all. She looked great, so. And she had the, the, the purple gloves to go with it. Mm, they all look um, sickening. So I know, like, two weeks ago, we had talked about the insurrection or the <laughs> attempted coup, the um, the white supremacist, the super mega, I love my country, but I don't know what the <laughs> fuck really happens in it, people. The uh, the homegrown terrorists. Girl. That they are. Okay. So we talked about that like a few weeks ago and I know we talked about like this air of like, oh my God, something finna like take out, something finna happen. So like, did you feel that like when you was kind of watching it or whatever, man? When, so when I watched it, I didn't feel that way. I felt okay. uh, like they were secure. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read that the guy, the, the I, forgot, I can't remember the name of the officer, um, the officer who was in that viral Eugene video who was Goodman? defending uh, the Capitol, mm-hmm. he was by himself, the black mm-hmm. guy. Um, I read that he uh, was um, escorting uh, Kamala and whatnot. And I was like, you know, what an honor to be this person who uh, basically, I, 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 me being in that situation, I would have been terrified. Yeah, you know, and me he too. stood his ground the best that he could, and he he looked to his left, looked to his right in that video, and they could have they if he would have went the wrong way, they would have followed him, and they would have gotten to the officials. Mm-hmm. But he took it upon himself to go the other way and to keep mm-hmm. climbing those stairs, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, that takes. Literal and courage. Get cl- yes, clarity and uh, uh, powerful problem-solving skills, uh, tact, um, uh, the strength and confidence in, in oneself in situations like that to make those decisions. And some people may be like, it's, it's, it's so easy for him. It was so easy. He's trained to make that decision. But with all that going on... And no backup. And no backup. No backup. And it's you, this black dude, and it's all of these white folks running. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Lord. It would have been a wrap for me. His name is Eugene Goodman. Eugene Goodman. Thank you for your ministry. Bless you and your ministry, Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. That's what I'm here for. And so I love, I love that he was escorting Kamala. Like personally, I felt like that was just like. I think it was a great way for them to be like, here, we we recognize what you have done and let's let's boost you up. Like, I love that. That's fantastic. But I also want to make sure that I mention Amanda Gorman. This, um, the, the poet? The poet. First of all, 
she's gorgeous. That's the first thing, like stunning and 22 years old. How sway, like gorgeous, 23, excuse me, she's 23, but she is gorgeous. And I just, she spoke so eloquently and then she wore that yellow. Woo! And you know, against dark skin, you know them bright colors, the colors be popping. Oh my God. And then the words she was delivering, like she did so well. This is what we needed. We needed that. It was it was very reminiscent of Maya Angelou speaking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I read that she um, really was uh, trying to, to invoke those authors, um, especially Maya Angelou, mm-hmm. because of the mission and and how they spoke um and and how eloquent they were and how important it was for the words to be heard and she um i read that she uh studied uh heavily uh my angelou and i I believe mm -hmm. there was another author as well um but she definitely studied my angelou you could you could feel it in the spirit of her words Mm -hmm. like she was amazing she, she did so well. And I was just sitting there just like, oh my God, this is gorgeous. And <laughs> it was a beautiful display of like what black women specifically, I'm just going to isolate black women for a second because we need that. Mm-hmm. It's just like the representation and the force and the formidable energy of Michelle Obama, the... The, the the courage and the power and the capacity of Kamala Harris taking this step and moving in this direction to, to make this historical moment. And then Amanda Gorman, like, Black women did this. Yeah. Did mm-hmm. this. She, she, Amanda is, um, I remember what they, what, what they were saying, she is the first uh, national youth poet um what was it, laureate? Laureate? I don't know the word. You gonna make but me mess up the she, word? She, she has a freaking title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I did uh, want to read these words that she said. Oh, please. Um, she said, "We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. There is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it." I said, girl, you better think that. That sound like some shit you would say, too, man. If I want to keep it a buck, that's some shit you would say. <laughs> and, and then she, she asked another one, uh, quote from the, the poem, um, the, hill, the Hill We Climb. She said, the new dawn blooms as we free it. Mm. For there is always light. If only we are brave enough to see it. If only we are brave enough to be it. Like, she was going for it. She's spiritual. She got her work. She studied well. Like it was, it was necessary. It was it crucial. Was. It was. It was, it was a, a a nice head nod. I won't say it was a, a complete like you know. It's never going to rectify what Black women have gone through and what mm-hmm. you know what continues to happen to us. Mm-hmm. But it was a cute head nod to say we see y'all. We understand what y'all do. This representation matters. It's very important. But speaking of representation, I do want to ask about, like, last two things. It's like, obviously, the performances, because, you know, everybody's going to live for it a little bit. So, the national anthem by Miss One Gaga herself, mm-hmm. Mother Monster. And then, what did um, J-Lo sing? 
She's saying she uh, America the Beautiful. America the Beautiful and the 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 the, 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 the this land is your this this you, land is your land. Yeah, yep. yeah. And she's saying that. And so, what did you think about these performances? Were you kind of like, mm, or were you like, mm, or? Mm. Okay, so you know how much. Look at that little tail. You know how my ear is. I'm a performer too. My my instrument isn't always on pitch and key. It may not always be the best day. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I I don't think the performances should be seen as mediocre at all. Right. I don't think that. I do believe they they weren't like, oh my god, this is freaking amazing. They right. weren't that. They hit right in the middle. They 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 hit right in the middle for what we what we needed at the time. Lady Gaga sounded like uh, what's that the the lady from Chicago, Michael Jackson. Uh, she's the daughter of uh of um, Al, um Wizard of Oz lady. Diana Ross. No, not not the Wiz, the Wizard of Oz. Uh, oh, um. Judy, Judy, Liza Minnelli. Judy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lady Gaga was Liza Minnelli. Okay, I, <laughs> I mean, I could, I could, I could see it. I think that Gaga did well. I think the rendition that they did kind of threw me off personally as my own musician. I'm just like, where is the beat? What are we doing here? But I'm just like, it's Gaga, so it's gonna have a little bit of like an uh to it. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting there, I'm just like, okay, she sang well, but I was just like, what meter are we in? Can I tap my foot to this? Like, what is the tea, girl? What's happening? I don't understand. And we all know about sometimes there are runs. Runs are what I, I love who said this. I forgot who said this. But somebody said runs are there to garnish and to go with the melody. Yes. Runs should not be. I'm sorry, Christina. <laughs> oh, after that holiday mess, girl. <laughs> we. I'm just talking about her, hol- her holiday stuff, but like, and Gaga, you know, got, runs ain't her thing, and right. she did like maybe two or three runs during the the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, baby. <laughs> Yeah, she she ran out of breath, out of steam. She ran out. That's what she ran out of. That's what that's what ran, ran out. <laughs> but I I love I love I loved uh, how when she when she ended, how she looked to Biden, mm-hmm. uh, looked, looked to the Harrises, looked to uh, the Bushes. She was just look look at the Obamas, you know, mm-hmm. and she was just like, God bless y'all and thank y'all. Gaga has always been such a humble spirit when it comes to um, the shit that we go through in America and recognizing herself as this uh, Italian privileged white lady. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. She, Seventy Germanata, she knows what's going on. Come she on, loves. She loves. Us. She loves uh, queer people of color. She loves uh, all of us mm-hmm. because she knows that we are. Her, we've been a big part of her fan base. Queer people, right. you know, we've been a big part of helping boost her to uh, the stratosphere that she's in. Right. And um, so, uh, and then Miss J Lo. So here's my first thing. She looked sickening, like that all white. She looked great. I was like, oh, okay, she looks sickening. Da, 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 da. It's about to be litty. Da, 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 da. And 
she did better than I thought. I'll, I will say it like that. <laughs> I think no, she. Jayla ain't no live singer. Jayla was a. Oh, baby, child. I was sitting there thinking like, ooh, this is about to be another Fergie situation. We better have another Fergie. Like that's that's what I swear I swear to God. I think they was both just thinking like, if I fuck this up, this is gonna be an endless meme. You can't you can't escape the internet. Like if no. they fuck it up, it's a wrap. So I think they both went in with that mentality. But I think that Gaga's fans would have like tried to get people together a little bit more. But J Lo fans would have been out there. <laughs> Yeah, she would have been done if she pulled a Fergie. It would have been like, oh yeah. But I, 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 lo- I love the, I love the fact that she definitely threw in Spanish and let everyone, and and I think it was a the, the idea of unity was one that was perpetuated the entire inauguration, and I really actually kind of felt that for once, like I really felt that. So I felt she, like it was more genuine. And she, she, uh, she said. Uh, uh, I'm going to try to read it. My Spanish is a little off. Come on. Um, una nación bajo Dios indivisible, con libertad y justicia para todos, which translates to one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And then she said, let's get love. And I was like, you better plug your shit <laughs> She said, I got one chance, baby. I got one chance. <laughs> but no, I think that she did well. Was it was it Beyonce? Was it Jay Hood? No, but no. but we will take what we can get at the next inauguration. I need them to blow. Like I want, I want to, I want to not walk in with a part. And when I when when I walk out, I want to have a part right down the middle. That's what I want. You I'm just saying. I want to. I want to walk in with a whole beautiful, luscious afro, and then by the time J Hood finish, I want to have like a part and just be like, "Ooh, girl, yeah." <laughs> I just saying. One one thing I also do want to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing of representation that I thought was amazing. <gasps> was the the Pledge of Allegiance. I knew you were going to say that. I thought about you as soon as I said that. Because, you know, I'm I'm doing my best to learn ASL on my own, mm-hmm. and I have um, some plans to learn more with somebody else that I, I met online. Mm-hmm. Um, but her name was uh, Captain Andrea Hall. Black woman. Yes. Ooh. Black women. <laughs> she did it beautifully. Amazingly. And it, it uh, I, I follow a few uh, ASL blogs and whatnot mm-hmm. pages, and they were all posting it, and they were all very, very happy um, from what I saw from um, those within that community. Um, so I thought that was really amazing. And I, I even saw, um, like, afterwards, they were doing something called uh, Pledges Across America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I even saw, uh, there, there was, uh, a native group, an indigenous group, really? uh, of women that, uh, uh, their, their organization, they were based in Florida, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they have a nonprofit where they help, um, uh, uh females, women out, uh, outside of who are com- getting, coming back from, uh, being deployed and everything oh, okay. and help reintegrate them into life. And, but it was all Native women um, who were spearheading this. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, it was just amazing to see them um, and the, the clothes they were wearing, just representing their culture mm-hmm. and uh, just saying congratulations, Biden. I I know it's another white man who's representing uh, <laughs> on taking land, stolen land, but Bobby! Well, thank you for not being Trump. Thank you. So speaking of him, and this could be the last thing, I suppose, before we move on to uh, our secondary topic, but what is it that we as, particularly as Black queer people, need from Joe Biden, which he's already done some stuff already, according to my research. I don't know what he's all done in the last, like, on his first day. Like, he's, he's signing executive orders, honey. He's pulling mm-hmm. the Trump, and so... I'm happy, but what do you feel like you personally need from him or is what you think our community needs from him? I, I, I got a, a few things, sis. Um, the first thing, uh, Biden, he uh, rejoins the Paris Climate Agreement, mm. which is amazing because global warming is real and we fucking shit up. Hello. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, He also uh, halted the dangerous construction of the Keystone XL pipeline that would have gone right through a sacred and sovereign land of the Great Sioux Reservation in Montana. Mm -hmm. That was canceled. And then there was one other thing that he did already that I wanted to mention. Um, I think he... um, Well, you can... can... It was was the, the the reverse on the transgender ban. Yeah, and that's what I was... Um, Military ban. So, yeah. And so, what I have here is... Um, he ended the travel ban, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. The mostly Muslim countries and things like that, like you said, rejoined. The Paris um, Climate um, de- Agreement. Let's see. Do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Required masks. I think this is going to be important. If it was me personally, what I would really need for him to do is, of course, course, sign the Equality Act. We need that. We need all the protections as much as we possibly can have. I need Mm -hmm. need that. Um, As an intersectional (laughs) minority in this country, I'm going to need it because it's not working in my favor. So I need every ounce of protection I can get. And the reason that certain people do not need these protections is because they do not have the disadvantages that inherently come with being a black person, a queer person, a trans person, a woman. Exactly. So that's a privilege. Live in that privilege, but use your privilege as a correct power, not as a source of oppression. Um, And the other thing that I really need for him to do is like, it may be all jokes, but I'm like, I want us to genuinely figure out this Miss Rona thing and kind of shut it down. Like, if we was closed, like, if America was closed <laughs> from now all the way until, like, uh, at the end of April going into May, and we got, you know, we had, like, a general, like, good shutdown, and we actually reinforced it with, like, proper law enforcement, the proper law enforcement and such and so forth. That would be my sickening because it will get rid of the Rona by the time summer hit and we can actually turn up and have a good key. Like Exactly. But people don't like to listen. So I don't know if he's gonna do that or not. But um and the other thing is since I talk about the police, obviously we need major mega police reform. Mm-hmm. We you know, after all the civil unrest, all the trauma that we've been through in twenty twenty with all that kind of stuff. We need to have major reform, you know, spread that money out to people who actually need it. 
again, those marginalized communities, <laughs> they kind of need it. And um, invest it back into school funding things, um, into, you know, nonprofit organizations that are going to use it adequ- uh, appropriately. We need that kind of stuff. And uh-huh. I just need him to be a strong, solemn, powerful clear concise leader because after all the tomfoolery we went through in the last four years we need this to be good now don't get me wrong i didn't he wasn't my first choice and i'm happy that he's here now but just be clear it's still a white man from born in the 1940s he's still running the country so let's not be let's not be completely fooled guys and girls and non-binary folk. Let's not be con- completely confused by that. So don't, I, I need y'all to still remain vigilant. Like we got rid of the biggest problem in the equation, but that doesn't mean that those people who uh, uh, attacked the Capitol literally two weeks ago don't mean like they gone. They still in the country. They still here. They, you know, those fires are still being fanned somewhere. So make sure that you all are being diligent and I um, paying attention and being safe as well, um, especially those who are in marginalized communities. So, and sis, this is one thing I have to say to everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone who recites that part where it says "one nation under God." Mm-hmm. If you believe in God or you're a Christian and you um, saw everything that has happened and you read your Bible and all this other stuff. Let me direct you to Leviticus 19, 33 and 34. Read it. Where it says, when a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. Mm. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Mm. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. So if y'all want to be pushing all this Bible stuff in these verses, I'm going to need you to listen to that one. Can I get a man? A man. A woman. And a woman. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying because, like, especially when the insurrection and everything happened, all you hear them shouting, God wants me to, to this is, this is, we're doing God's work. Really? Girl. <laughs> you ain't obviously read that part of the Bible. And like, of course there are things we, we know that the Bible has been tampered with, mm-hmm. but this is one of those things. If you are going to use the Bible against queer folk and stuff like that, then we can turn it right back around and Hello. hand it to you in a package. There you go. And, and, and don't let it be Amazon prime. I'll get it to you real quick, baby. <laughs> I'll get it to you quick. Amazon we can talk Prime. about how the Germans and everything put homosexuality in the Bible and all that shit. That shit wasn't there until they needed to be there. So we can get into it. We can go. We can we can have a history trip if we want to, but we won't. We gonna stop. <laughs> we gonna you know what we gonna do? We gonna move on to our next topic. Thank you, um, President, uh, President, official, forty sixth President of the United States, Joseph Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, and all the people he's already appointed. There's been some queer people and trans people he's already appointed to important positions, and that is important. Mm -hmm. So I'm appreciative of that. Representation goes a long way. And um, any last words before we go on to the next thing, Matt? No, I just hope this next chapter is a great one. Amen, amen, 
and, and a woman. woman. A black woman. Oh. <laughs> a black <laughs> woman. <laughs> Now, our second half of our show is going to be about interracial relationships because this seems to be a trending topic, as it were, on like TikTok and um, Twitter and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously interracial relationships are just going to be, you know, two people or more in a relationship who don't have the same ethnicity, uh, same nationality, all that kind of stuff. Like they come from two different backgrounds. We come from two different worlds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, I, I think that, um, so me personally, I, my, my take on interracial relationships are not bad. I, I, you know, if you love somebody down and you ready to be with them or have a relationship committed to them and they, and they get, they, then here's the most important thing for me is that they respect your heritage, your culture, um, your nationality, all the things, and they, uh, understand it, but they know their place and they don't appropriate it. And they, um, they support you in all that you do. Like, for example, if they practice you know, Judaism and you've never grown up with it, but you allow them to practice it and you just get to be an observer in the situation and learn the customs. Sickening. That's beautiful. That's gorgeous. Well, if they're Muslim and they right. have their own practices, uh, religious practices that they do. Um, my, my, I, I grew up in a very, you know, Southern Baptist household. Mm -hmm. So a lot of terms were used like equally yoked. Meaning okay. that uh, you have to be uh, spiritually compatible. Yeah. And I believe that when it comes to any type of dating, not just interracial dating, but dating someone of the same race that you are. That's I true. think you, you have, I, I, I think uh, the spirit in itself, I believe in the spirit, I believe in the soul, mm -hmm. and I believe it, it doesn't have a race. It doesn't have Baby. a gender. It doesn't have all these constructs that we've made. Right. Um, it's this free energy loosened about, and we just we took an we took an abstract idea, and we and we put it in a place so we can you know quantify or qualify it, I guess, mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and I I just I think for me personally, I've had I've been in. You know, I've been in various relationships. Woo! <laughs> and I've been, I've been in uh, relationships with same, my same race, me being black. Um, and I've also been in relationships with uh, other other races. When it, if it's Hispanic or Latinx or um, if it was white, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I got some stories. <laughs> Well, let let me so I cause just Matt just did the uh he just got a beautiful gift the twenty three and me thing. So now you like what are you like you like ninety percent uh, Nigerian or Ghanaian or whatever? What was I it? I am eighty four percent sub Saharan African. Wow. Which is awesome. So uh it's Nigerian, uh Sierra Leonean. Um and then what else was it? We we went from from uh, that 
it was then uh, European. I was like mm. uh, uh, German and Irish, and uh, I believe there was Norwegian in there. Ooh, and that was that. like, what, 12% or something like that? And then it went into, um, I'm not that native at all. <laughs> I was like 0.1% native. I was like, oh, okay, oh, right. that makes sense. Um, but uh, I was uh, uh, also um, uh, Asian. They, they, I had, uh, look, why don't I just pull it up? Yeah, pull it up. And so I was asking that mostly because I wanted to know, like, is this going to impact the way that you see how you interact with um, interracial situations? You know what I mean? Girl, you know? Ta- look, because I started doing more research because it's just things you don't, um, until they're on your radar that you don't do research on. Right. And I was like, let me do research into that Nigerian culture. And <laughs> right, because you might want to be like, let me like make a Q123 and find someone who's Nigerian and see who, you know. So, so okay. So, in general, I'm um, 86% Sub-Saharan African. Mm-hmm. So, that's 76% West African, almost uh, 46% Nigerian, 20% uh, Liberian, Sierra Leonean. Um, and then, so mostly Sub-Saharan African mm. and West African, then European 12%, that's British and Irish, um, 6.6%, Northwestern European 12%, uh, French and German 3.5%, mm-hmm. and then East Asian and Native American, I have, uh, oh, it's 0.8% Native American, um, 0.4% Chinese and Southeast Asian. And that that goes into be like Indonesian, Thai, um, Filipino. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, <laughs> like I got a peek. <laughs> well, see, and then the thing about it for me is just like it just shows how powerful, like black, you know, how dominant it is. Like this is why, like, when black people like you know have relations and create children, you see the black features like almost predominantly, like mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. all the time. Like, you know, even when you have biracial babies, you'd be like, oh, that baby mixed. Oh, that baby mixed. <laughs> like, you, you could see it. Like, you pick it up. Like, you can definitely you see it. third generation stuff debut. I could see Baby, <laughs> something. But is that going to, like, knowing all this information now, is this going to affect how you pursue interracial relationships and dating? Because, you know, a, full, a slight disclosure for Map. He does date like anybody. Um, that's like anybody you know, and everybody. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, he. I don't have any hangups. The only thing, I, only hangup I have is if if, uh, if you are a, a cis woman, um, because that you know that just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, other than that, like I, when it comes to to, to ethnicity mm. um it that has never really mattered to me it's i've always uh seen the person for who they are and then once i got to know them or getting to know them as friends first and and learning about their culture and their background and their you culture you mm-hmm. know that term i always use when i'm talking about somebody and it's just them and they're who they are as a person right not not everything um that builds them, but what, what, what they perceive makes them them. Right. Um, and so just learning that, and I, I, I feel like 
because of my hunger for knowledge and how I am as a, an open being mm-hmm. who observes all these different walks of life and can see them for what they are and not feel like that impedes on who I am as a person. Uh, <clears throat> um, white people. <clears throat> um, <laughs> just, insurrection people. Y'all just, um, we love a cute read. Go ahead. You know, you just have to be able to observe all those different walks mm-hmm. of life and embrace them as they are, especially if they're not hurting you. Um, Ciao. And and that 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 in and when it comes to relationships, I, I think having that twenty three and Me stuff, it helped me feel more certain in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy that that just that little paper of knowing, you know, these statistics of what nationality makes me makes up make you know makes, makes you, you who right. I am um genetically how that could be empowering mm-hmm. and I think I'm scared when I do when I am gonna start dating more because they're gonna be like you even more intimidating <laughs> I mean because I'll see see because man like to like man likes to date and so outside his race a lot of time at least to me and he's the one I go to to ask questions about that because I'd be like chow but he, you can start pulling out percentages too. They'll be like, "Well, I'm ten percent German. I'm ninety two percent French." Like they'll start run, that's not more than a hundred. Anyway, but like you, they'll start running them numbers, and you'll be like, "Oh, you got you got percentages, Duke. I got percentages too." And you'll be like, "Item one: Sub-Saharan African, eighty four percent." Like I will start going out through my list too. Like I got percentages too, bitch. The fuck? What do you mean? I'm, look, I got a 50% off thing. I'm finna give it to you so you can use for real. We finna, we finna get yours done. Because I want to do it so badly. And I, if, if it come back, like, girl, you black. Just let it go. <laughs> let go of the native dream. I'm just like, but my mama and them keep, you know how your mama and them keep trying to leave hope in you? Just like, you got some Native American in you. I'm like, I want some Native American. <laughs> anyway, let me speaking of Nate, let me let me let me talk about myself a little bit because now I just kind of disclose. But my 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 um relationship with interracial relationships is very new, very new, and Mav knows this. Like it's mm-hmm. very new. Like I I've always just been like when I was younger, when I was that girl that was like I'm just gonna date somebody who's black because that's what I see around me and that's mm-hmm. ultimately what I'm attracted to. You know, not that I didn't spend time with white people or Native people or um, Asian or Latinx people or whatever, but I just spent a lot of time around Black people and I just found them the most attractive. And growing up in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, like, see, I like masculinity and so, you know, like, that was like a pinnacle of masculinity, like, I was like the the oversized t-shirts and the big chains and the grills. And I was just like, oh my God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take off them 19 layers of clothes and I want them to have their way with me. I know that's right. I'm sorry. That's just that's just always what I thought. Like I just right, So I got 32 flavors of the I'm <laughs> But my relationship with it has changed over time. So from my early years of dating, I only exclusively dated black men. So everybody up until about 
16, 17, no, 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 it has that, 20, almost 2018, so this is new, new, mm -hmm. and I think I actually consulted you when I was like, how do you do it, <laughs> how do you, how do you, because, because, the thing I ultimately wanted to do is find that connection where they understood about black culture without actually appropriating it and stuff like that and making and misusing it. And, you exactly. know, it's, and I feel like it's very challenging. And I've recently started to reach a point where I'm kind of like, okay, I think black men will always be the pinnacle for me. Cause when I see one, especially when I see my type, I get all melty in the <laughs> area. I'd be like, oh my God, please <laughs> take it. If I see a tall, light skin something, I'm just gonna be like, oh, I don't wanna like you, but I already do, I already know. Mm. It's it's against, it's- You have it's, a preference and affinity for certain men. Right. And I, I think that's okay. Um, the, the issue I find, um, when, on, on the, on the other side of that, mm -hmm. um, especially like, um, what I've come in count in contact with, well, I don't know what have you come in contact with any of this, mm -hmm. well, well, no, I actually know you have, Ooh. um, but because, because of you being uh, a tea girl. Mm -hmm. And that from from fetish fetishizing. Ah, mm -hmm. ah. So mm -hmm. in interracial, if you're you're dating, sometimes it could be a result of that them seeing you not as a person, but seeing you because you're black or seeing you because you're trans, and mm -hmm. they just want to have you as a sexual object, not the person behind those identities. Right. And that's, that's the issue. And that's and that's what I didn't want to. So I'll even ask now because I'm now I'm 30. Full disclosure, I'm 30. Girl, I ain't got no time. What you want? <clears throat> so I will ask, especially if they're a white man, I will ask, um, or a non-black person, I will be like, So what do you know about black women? What do you like about black women? And if it's just like, well, they got lips and they got titties and da da, -da I'm just like, Okay, is there anything else? Like one of them is actually was in my DMs just earlier today and he, I asked him that question because I needed to know the answer. And he said um, that, you know, they always seem to be, like black people, black women particularly, we always seem to be very um, powerful and dynamic and we can face a lot of different kind of things. And I was, and, I'm, and I like that answer. It's not exactly what I wanted to hear, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty solid answer. It's not mm -hmm. sexual. So I, I, I'll take that a lot more than just someone just being um, straight up sexual or whatever. Yeah. But I really had to learn how to step outside. You know, there's some people like my mama, like she told me, she's like, I would never <laughs> like date anyone who's not a black man. And I said, okay, clap. I applaud you for that. That's, you know, she's almost 60. So duh, like, of course, like. And that's from, from the time period right. she grew up in and the trials and tribulations that were faced. Mm -hmm. So it, it's hard to imagine wanting to uh, be in a relationship with someone as the same race of the oppressor. Right. Like I couldn't even imagine, like they just wouldn't be able to do it. It's too instilled. So it will be hard for them to shake it. So I guess I kind of broke away from that. And my idea behind is like, I like the idea of also being with somebody black because I ain't got to explain shit to you. <laughs> I, I like if this, this has always been my example. If we go to my mama house for Thanksgiving and you say, pass me the spinach. <laughs> Them is greens, bro. 
Nigga, what the fuck are you talking about? These is greens. Or can you pass the stuffing? Can you pass the yams? That's stuffing. That's dressing. That's dressing, fool. And these sweet potatoes. Where's the pumpkin pie? Ain't none. Like that, like that, that's, that's very, that's very surface level, but it's like, that's that kind, you know, that's that kind of stuff where you just, you just want them to get it. And so on Oprah's, um, black woman own the conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what her name is at all right now off the top of my head, but she said there's a special union and a magicalness between a black man and a black woman where they could heal each other because they understand the same thing. That's if a black man has done to work to understand how massage noir, key term, a massage noir, the the oppression and the degradation of black women. Mm -hmm. If they haven't done the work, misogyny plus noir, misogyny, of course, dislike of black, um, of of women, and then noir, of course, means black. So you better school them. I got to just make sure they know. So if they haven't worked through their massage noir and they haven't understood that black women are not just these people that are supposed to uplift you and hold you down while you go do whatever the fuck you want to do, then we can't, we can't make this work. But there is a magicalness to where like you can go up to your man and be like, these niggas is crazy. I need you to hold me. Like, I feel like I can't do that fully comfortably with like anyone who is not black. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that I can't. But there is a fraction of me that can't completely unwind. Like there's a there's yeah. a there's a piece of me that can't completely let go. There's and so it's a part of your core values. Right. And I don't I don't think that's something that needs to be let go. Mm-hmm. But I do believe because it's a part of your core value that it needs to be affirmed. Yeah. Um in, in a way. So whoever, if they aren't black, they are gonna have to figure out a way after vocalizing it, how can what they can do if they love you and wanna be there for you, they have to understand how can I meet you here? How can I affirm you there? Right. Um Yeah. And oh yeah, and I and I think that can be done. It just needs to be the work. And so a lot of people want you to come fully packaged and assembled, like already done and taken care of mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But you know, we not like that. We people, we have hangouts, we have baggage, we got lots of stuff right. loose ends to tie up. Like, are you ever really ready for a relationship? Exactly. In, in real life, nah. Like, if you really think about, like, if you got your coins lined up, you got your job and your and you got everything lined up and everything's going well, it's always gonna be something. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to handle and juggle all that stuff in the air. But that's just my own personal thing. But, you know, if I had to think about it, like, white men are making a great impression on me because they are coming a little bit more correct. Niggas are just, especially, like you said, being a trans girl is, like, it can be late sometimes. Like, they just want to be sexual with you. But it seems like black men haven't even begun to do that work. The work. Some of yeah. them, some of them have, but they don't know what the work is, where they have to go out and get seek knowledge and get information about what it means to be um, a queer person and then a trans person. Like they like the sexual aspect of it. They like how cool we are. A lot of them always say that our femininity is overly performed, so they feel more masculine. They like that, which is whatever. Mm-hmm. But like 
have you done the research and are you able to defend? Are you able to speak up? Are you able to articulate? And a good, I would say 75% of them haven't even begun to do that. Most of them have try to adopt that white man mentality where it's like, oh, it don't matter to me because white men have the privilege and the luxury to be able to do that in this yeah. country. They're able to say, well, I don't matter. I don't care. But they haven't done that work. I need y'all to do that work, black men. And, you know, it's just crucial, just in general, just not even for black trans women, but for black cis women, too. Y'all need to do that work. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to shift gears and talk about um, black interracial relationships at a, on a grand scale, particularly for um, the queer people. Mm -hmm. So I know I've complained about this hella times, but like, why do you think that when we look at black queer people that are um, in the spotlight, so to speak, you know, celebrities, why do they never seem to have black partners? Mm. Like every time, like when I think of people like um, RuPaul, her husband is white. Uh, uh, the Shea Coulee, another drag performer, you know. Her her boyfriend is white, or um, Todrick has only been seen with like white right. men, men. Mm -hmm. and so it's really interesting to me, like why that seems to be the case. Or MJ Rodriguez, she's with the white men. Now I'm not trying to downplay them, but like it's very interesting to me why that seems to be the case. There could be, I could speculate a lot on this. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the reasons I definitely can say that is what you just mentioned mm -hmm. about the work that it feels that um, Caucasian males have done mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, men of color. Right. And that's because of a whole strength thing or a, in uh, Hispanic culture, a machismo thing. Of you have to be this... Dumbass. strong male who who can't ha uh, be queer or anything mm -hmm. like that so i think that um keeps people from connecting it keeps people from using um the emotional capacity capacities that they have um and i think because white men have been given that certain privilege mm -hmm. This this is in in this situation where it uh we we, sh we can see how it helps them in a positive light mm -hmm. because they don't have the same fear of being outcasted right. as uh, men of color or mm -hmm. uh, people of color because they can say, "Oh, this is who I am, and I own my shit." This is this I, I you know I have the privilege to be this I have the privilege and you can't take it away from me. So I think uh, because of that, we see in the celebrity realm that we do have um, a lot of queer um, uh, people of color dating queer uh, white people or people of that, uh, of that not of color because they have done the work and uh, because of their privilege they are able to um, they're they're able to just be themselves more so and I there's a part of me that is just super like girl I wish I could have I, I can think of, God, I, she just got married to her wife. I cannot think of what her name is. And that's so terrible. She just got married to her wife. Um, Raven? 
Raven, but Raven is married to a white woman, to my knowledge. Um, I know Wanda Sykes also. Wanda Sykes is also married to a white woman. And, um, God damn it, what is her name? I cannot remember. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be stoned for not remembering what her name is. (laughs) She's an actress. I think she she a little heavy set. I can't remember. As, uh, people gonna yell at me in the comments. Watch, they're gonna be like, "You don't remember her." Um, anyway, from is she from who? Who? Where, TV shows where she play? Oh, child, I don't remember. It's too many. Okay. But uh, but anyway, it's, I think she married a black. So can you think of anyone who's actually a black queer celebrity, like in a certain kind of like, you know, they have a certain level of notoriety where they're actually dating someone else who is a black queer person. You know what, I t- you know, when even though it was problematic and stuff and drama filled on Love and Hip Hop, when uh, Milan was dating Sir Brock, that was two black men dating on a television program. So a reality TV show. So I think that was pretty good. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of any. And I wish I could, because that means to me, particularly that my information or the the uh, information that I have when it comes to this subject and thinking of queer black individuals, I can't. Yeah, I'm just falling short. Yeah, I can't think of anybody like that right now. Yeah, I I can't. I and I think you're right. It's the. I think the problem is is that blackness and queerness are not seen. Like, they can overlap. And mm-hmm. we'll talk more about intersectionality at a different time. But it, what it seems like, at least to me, is, like, that we can't have these things coincide. It's kind of like, I don't know if your mama told you this. It's like, you already black. You don't need this, too. Yeah. Like, and I was I was like, girl, I can't help this. Like, this is... This this is just me existing. Like you think I would have you think I would have showed up in this world at this time in this place so people uh-huh. can directly ridicule me and potentially harm and or kill me? Child, please. You nobody's choosing that. Like that's crazy. I mean, exactly. I and it's frustrating because now I'm just like I want to have a black man on my arm real bad. And so, not to say that I'm resorting to white men or anything like that, but if that's the closest I can get to the true love of what I'm supposed to have, or maybe, like, it's going to be a, a mixed white man or whatever the case may be or something like that. Like, I'm like, I'll take that because I want to know love. We all deserve to know love if we're seeking it out in a relationship in that format, you know, however it shows up for us. But... God, it just it just irritates my soul that black people can't see, you know, it's it seems like in the black queer community, it's like it's all about the going back and forth and the competition of it and it's not enough to go around and it's a lack of clear communication and all this kind of stuff. It just seems like it's a lot of he said, she said and overdone stuff that and we're trying to tear each other down low-key and stuff like that like I'm more masculine or she's not cunty enough and it's just too much yeah and you know I really actually in hindsight I really like to know more about um black lesbians because I feel like they probably a little bit more actually you know actually date inside our race too I feel, mm-hmm. like, I feel like they do like you know you go to the function and you'd be like and your mama used to tell you 
oh, that's auntie so-and-so and that's uh, her friend and they've been friends for <laughs> 15 years and you said that like, you know, how come auntie so-and-so don't ever bring no man? Well, you know, and they give you some bullshit answer. <laughs> But they all, you know, from from my experience, they always seem to have, a, you know, some kind of black girlfriend or something mm-hmm. like that. So. And we're in Chicago, y'all. So definitely this is something to comment. This this is the exact thing that we want you all to comment on mm-hmm. and um, talk to us about, right. you know, and start a conversation. How we always say start a conversation, jump in the conversation. Right. This is something really, really interesting for us to dissect and to to go into. So, mm. I I think I think so as well. It's really important. And so, as far as interracial relationships, the last thing I definitely want to touch on is this thing on Twitter where um, black again, not trying to clown black men or like come down on them hard, but y'all have to do some work, like especially cis het black men who feel like they're trying, they, they don't say it out loud, but they're trying to ultimately replace white men as the leader of the country because they mm-hmm. only know white men as the, you know, the success. Like one thing that our best friend Dexter always says is that we don't have to do what they did. Like we don't have to do it that way. Don't. So I think that black men, um, cis have black men really have ingrained in themselves. Like if I got to be like them, we got to be twice as good. Like, which is which is a fact in this country, but we can do it a totally different way. We can figure it out. We're smart enough. We we have the power and the capability and the capacity. But with unless we decide to for, um, completely dedicate to do that, then we stuck in this situation that we are now, where a black man will choose a white woman or a lighter complexioned woman, and he'll choose them because. They have more access to things, obviously, because that's just a privilege in the in this colorism, country. Yeah, and the color, col- the colorism of the, the situation. colorism, right? They'll and or they'll choose or they'll choose someone like that, and that's fine. But you know, there's been this thing that I think consciously, and there's also been these huge things on Twitter about how come black men choose white uh, white women or lighter skinned women, and most of the time it ends up just kind of falling on the thing of. Well, black women do this. They too loud. They too ghetto. They too this. They too that. And it's like, but we didn't ask you about that. We asked you why you want to, you know, date or who you who you choose to date. You know, if it's coming from a place of like, I don't like them because da 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 da, that's a little bit more like, okay, why? Like that's that's you know that's a little bit more negative. Whereas just like, oh, I per- I like you know I like thinner hair. I. <laughs> <laughs> I I like fairer skin. I, I I I you know I grew up around them, so that's what I see that was available to me, or something like that. You know, something without it being the degradation, massage noir of black women. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem like that's the case. But and then on the flip side, it's also this thing of this girl, this purple bonnet, this white girl, and she is <laughs> my face. I see it, baby. Anyway, she on TikTok and she and she was and she's basically giving you black scent. Um, she wearing a purple bonnet. She got real huge lashes on. She's giving you black girl aesthetic. And so she she's basically saying like, why do us white females like? She wanted to say niggas. You could see it in there, but she didn't say it. Like she skipped over it. And she was like, why we like black men? And so it immediately went to the sexual thing. Like they got big dicks. 
you know, they, you know, they got nice bodies, they sexy, it's like, do you like their culture, do you like, like, the energy that they bring to the table, or what, like, what is it about it, but it's immediately either fetishization and sexualization, or it's the degradation, so we need to fix these two things on these opposite sides to make interracial relationships have a feasible standing ground. Because anyone can date anybody that they want to, so long as there's two consenting partners. But we need the reasoning and the and the validation behind it to have more substance than just like black women to this or niggas is sexy and da da da. We need more than that. Yes, we need uh, we need people to start to uh peel back the onion right as i like to say because i i like to see um states of thought ideas constructs things like that i like i like to think of them as an onion Mm -hmm. and they have so many different layers and once you peel back you can really get to the root of Mm -hmm. the issue or what it really means or why you really feel a certain way and i think a lot of us that onion is still just, you know, encased, it you is. know? It, I think it's scary to tamper with it, too. I think that's the other thing. I think people, I think most people operate out of fear. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to just start to move away from fear. The only way to really get over a fear is to kind of genuinely just to face it. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll speak for myself because we almost, we're going to wrap it up here in a second. But I'll speak for myself as far as an interrelational relationship. I'm not against it. But you will have to come and do the work, especially for um, a black man. You would have to have done the work. And if you don't know what that means, you should comment and say, what do you mean by doing the work? So I could, so I could say, oh, knuckle crack, type of thing, and, and let you know exactly what it is. It's not going to be rude. It's not going to be disrespectful. But if you're not ready to receive it, it's going to feel like an attack. So make sure that you are ready to receive that answer. Um, but, and it's also if it's going to be someone who's not black you know, a non-black person, then I just need you to make sure you have respect for my culture. I'll respect yours. I'll learn what I can. I won't do anything, you know, to, um, in my greatest attempt to not disrespect what your culture is. And I'll do everything that I can to learn it. I just want someone, it sounds cheesy, but I'm just like, I just want someone to love me exactly how I am. I need someone who, I need somebody when I'm at the party turn up, I need you to be there, you know, having a key with me. When we real, when we being real low-key and subdued, we need to be real low-key and subdued. When we getting our shit done and we not talking, when we arguing, we can communicate. I need all that stuff, you know. Apparently, I'm asking for too much these days, Matt, so I don't know. I don't. I think you're asking for a well-rounded human being. And I think I would, I would say knowing you, you are a well-rounded human being. And mm-hmm. I think that's what you deserve. And... Uh, it's it's I, I think we have these certain levels of uh, of intelligence when it comes to different subject matters, and we have to find people uh, that dwell in those same spaces right. mentally. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, we set ourselves up for disappointment. Exactly. And that's speaking that that phrase that I just said. That's speaking from the history of myself that's speaking from my own experience of desiring something from someone that cannot fulfill it or give it say that turn to your neighbor and say fulfill (laughs) (laughs) it has been a process a learning process because i 
I have chosen some horrible men. I have I have horrible taste. <laughs> I don't think you have a horrible taste. Questionable, <laughs> but not horrible. <laughs> Cut to me fully being a single bitch here, trying to make shit work. I can't say nothing about no damn buddy. But you have you. I, have... Remember, I was having this, I was having a conversation with my sister, mm-hmm. and she was like, she was like, bro, I just gotta be real. You got horrible taste, and I was oh. like, I do. <laughs> she is so rude. That's my sister. I love her. We and we just cracked up. But you need people around you that can be real like that, mm-hmm. so you can and look back and analyze. What am I doing that can remedy the situations that I'm putting myself in? Oh, come on. And so, you know, I I, I don't have, um, I have an, in, I believe it's internal locus of control. I believe mm-hmm. things that I do most more so affect my surroundings, everything around me. I, I don't tend to blame other people out here. Mm-hmm. I tend to blame myself. I think I'm using that the right way. Anyway, psych, y'all get into it. Check the definition. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I, I, I say all of that to just wrap it up in a bow. Um, is that when it comes to dating and dating people outside duration and whatnot, I think we have all forgotten that people can just be human. Mm-hmm. And yes, we have to acknowledge our differences and see those differences as a strength more so as a weakness. And I think when you get into an interracial relationship and if you both can see those differences as something, as an adventure, as a strength, as learning opportunities, as something to grow um, together with, then I think you'll be fine. But if you don't want to grow, if you with somebody who don't want to grow and they complacent, Hmm. it's not going to work. I agree. But I think we did a cute little show. This was cute. Yeah. Let, let, let's be very clear that we only really had stuff about the inauguration written down. And this last part was a complete, like, us just talking. So y'all just got me and I having a real-life conversation, but it was a little bit more structured. Yeah. <laughs> this was not, no. But I, I love when we have these type of freeform. We need to do some of these more often, where it's just off the dome. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and people can just hear how we think, you know, and that's the whole point of you all listening to this podcast is to get the, the, the black queer feminist experience mm-hmm. from our minds. Not that we're like the monolith, like we, we like to say, we're not the monolith, right. but we are two individuals who are within these communities that have information and experiences that we will want to share and we we'll want you all to share with us so please share with us yes please <laughs> share with us and share the podcast with your friends leave five star reviews on apple uh go on spotify um what are we on pocket casts you know all all kinds of places <laughs> it's called pocket casts and um so just just make sure y'all are sharing and letting us know what y'all want to hear from us. We do have some fun, interesting interviews upcoming relatively soon that I'm excited to um, be conducting with Mab and stuff. And then there's also like some potential uh, collaboration podcasts that I'll be working with and things like that. So just be on the lookout. Please follow us on um, Instagram and 
all those things. Oh, and one last thing, because I was looking at statistics. Hello to everybody who's overseas and not in America. You know, I saw like tiny percents and pockets of people who are like in Europe watching us. Let me look at it right now because I could pull it up at this exact second. I just want to like, I saw the, I saw England. I saw Germany. I was like, oh my God. I was like, people listening to us over there. Sweden, Canada, upstairs neighbor, uh, Singapore, India. Y'all understand what we're saying. We love y'all. We love y'all. I hope y'all don't have a hard time understanding what we're saying. But (laughs) I'm serious. But most of us is obviously like uh, uh, United States. But like, I just wanted to shout that out real quick to those tiny, tiny people. Like those one, two, threes over there that's listening to us. Thank you. And we're going to go and get him get up out of here. So... Thank y'all for listening to another episode of Black to the Future. We will see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oh, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all Black Black to to the the future. future.